Welcome back to the Katie Fleece Show. I am so excited about today's guest. She is a longtime client of mine, but also happens to be a total boss bitch. And so <laughs> I, I hope you don't mind me using that term, Sarah. I love it. We'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Sarah Brand is actually joining us today, and we're going to talk all things like entrepreneurship, being a boss babe, all the things. So Sarah, really quick, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little about who you are and what you do, and then we'll just jump right in. Yeah, so um, I am Sarah Brand from Indianapolis area. Um, I am a nurse by education and recently a year ago founded the Refinery Med Spa that's right here downtown Indianapolis. And it is the bomb. I'm not going to lie. It's so fun. So fun. I, I actually, Sarah's a client of mine and I'm a client of hers. <laughs> all of my things and I'm like, listen, just make me look young. Okay, I Do don't hate so. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. So you are, yeah, you just celebrated your one year anniversary. So you are a fairly new entrepreneur. Yeah. So um, I, um, and worked in like the medical aesthetic space for another practice for a few years before, and then just a year, year and a half ago decided it was time. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So what made you finally decide to take that leap and open your own aesthetics practice? Yeah. So my whole background was always very clinical. I always knew I wanted to be either a teacher or in healthcare. I wanted to help people. Um, and it never crossed my mind to do anything business related, anything entrepreneurial. I always said that my favorite subject was math because there was always a correct answer and there was a like finite way to get there. Um, and entrepreneurship seems so scary to me because that's not it at all. But the practice that I was working for, I learned a lot of great things there, but I didn't feel like I had room to grow. I always felt like I would be working for someone. I couldn't make the decisions I wanted to make for my patients, for myself, my family. So I finally just said, get out of your way and, and go do it. Yeah. How I know the answer to this because <laughs> I, I was like there with you through it, but like yeah. on a scale of one to 10, how scary was that? Like a 12, I would say. No, I mean like fucking terrifying. Like, you know, to something that I've never thought about. I never considered. I have no background in. I have no education in business or anything like that. But looking back, I, it's, it's it was obviously the right move. Right. So it was terrifying, which I think, honestly, I don't, I honestly don't know if that feeling like ever goes away because just yes. as a business owner, you know, yes. I've been a business owner for a long time. And it's, it's funny because you and I are actually very different. You remind yes. me of my husband more as like, like, you know, I need all of the facts I need, you know, and me, I'm like, I just jump. I don't know what I'm jumping into. I just do it. I've always been that way. So for me, I don't think it's terrifying, but it is a lot of pressure, especially when you have staff and, you know, mouths to feed and, you know, a team to overlook and all the things. But like, when you say you were terrified, like what was it or what were your feelings around that? But, and, and how did you overcome that feeling of just, for lack of a better term, being scared shitless? Yeah. So I think the biggest fear for me was, lack of control, which seems kind of contradictory to what I've said, but I wasn't going to be able to just show up and clock in and know what the paycheck was going to be. 
but that also then allowed me to be rewarded for my effort instead of just trading hours of my life for dollars in the bank. Like if I worked harder as an entrepreneur, I have the opportunity to help more patients and make more income for our family. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference is that in entrepreneurship, it's just like, jump in and start building wings on the way down, like figure it out. And I finally asked myself, like, am I okay with complacency and being comfortable? Or am I more afraid of the failure? And a little bit more on my background. So I'm the typical um, first child type A ballerina, perfectionist, all of the things. And to not be 100% prepared and feel like I could do it perfectly at first was a big mindset shift for me. But at some point, it's just which one's scarier, you know, being complacent and, and feeling like you've got it all together or just going after it and building something. Right. Mm, So good. So good. I think too, it's you, a lot of people like open their own business or, you know, start this journey of entrepreneurship and expect to like get rich quick. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Yes. And like, where, where is the goal? Where is the like, um, the motivation. And if it's, I'm going to open a business and be rich in yeah. six months, like don't even open it. Right. Like <laughs> that. not yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah. Let me know how it, how it works. Yes. Out, right. You know? right. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people too, don't understand like the resiliency and the patience that you have to have in order to be a, an entrepreneur. And that's why I genuinely believe that not everybody is cut out for it. Sure. Totally agree with that. Yeah. You know, it's definitely probably the hardest thing that you will ever do in your life, you know, especially if you are in the service space industry, like we are, and you just genuinely love your clients and you, you get to literally show up to quote unquote work. I use that in quotation. Yeah, right. You get to show up to work and like literally help people. Like it doesn't get much better than that. You know? Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and I feel like people can feel that, that like genuine like yeah. energy for doing and serving versus come by my shit and make me rich. Like that's not what it is, right? Yeah. It's that like service to your client that yeah. people can feel. 100%. And you need to, and I know you understand this, but like the client always has to be top of mind when you're in the service-based industry. You Absolutely. Know. Well, actually probably any industry where you're dealing with clients, but but specifically the service-based industry because that is what's going to set you apart, you know? Yeah. How- client, like it, the clients always come first, you know, besides family, obviously that comes first. So how has this, the big scary leap that you took, you know, a little over a year ago, of course, I think this process started what, like spring of 2022, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I left the previous practice in the spring and then it took us about six months to get the doors ready to open, to start seeing patients. Yes. Which by the way, your space is like the bougiest I freaking love it. Like I come in here every morning. I'm like, is this real life? Like, I just get to hang out in here. I love it. Can I just hang out there? Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, like, I want, I actually want my house to look like that. I'm not going to lie. I love it. So cute. It is. Thank so, you. It's like, just obviously you guys that are listening can't see it, but it's very girly and just, oh, oh my God, I don't even know how to explain it. It's so cute, but like also very industrial and like, and it's exactly what we wanted. And that was another thing that, the practice that I worked for previously, there was no emphasis on the patient experience and what the space looked like and felt like. And I thought those things were important. So that was something that I can control, that, that I could build my business yeah. to look and feel the way I wanted it to. 
You know what? I love that you said that because I am that way in my home and like where I work, like in my work, I work from home, but like my office, I like, I cannot have like clutter in my office. It has to be very, as my 11 year old daughter would say (laughs) now, but like aesthetically pleasing, like she's stuff all the time. And I'm like, what do you know? What are you talking about? Aesthetically pleasing means, but whatever. (laughs) But like, it's true because if my workspace is not conducive to like my standards and and how I want to feel when I, you know, working or communicating or creating content or, you know, working closely with clients, like it it affects, uh, like it affects all of that. Absolutely. When you, yeah, it does. Totally does. Some people don't care. And honestly, it probably doesn't bother them at all, but it does bother me. (laughs) Yes. And I want, and, and the patients, the clients that I want to attract, enjoy this sort of thing. This isn't like the like pink and gold and white marble and that that's not for everybody. And that's fine. Totally fine. And that's something I've learned in the last 18 months. Everyone doesn't have to want to come to my business and that's okay. Right. Well, but you know what, actually, I think too, you don't necessarily want everybody. Right. You know what I mean? And, and not that there's a, a good or a bad, but also you are, you know, you work very closely with clients, same thing with me. And I don't want to work with everybody. That's, That's exactly right. Why we have to charge for our services because they're, you know, if I didn't and I work with everybody for free, like, hello, that would create same thing with you, a very burnt out business owner and coach, which nobody wants to work with. Absolutely. And I have recently had that conversation. I had somebody come at me in the DMs about pricing and the cost of Botox or whatever. And my tactful response was, it's not meant to be for everyone. And if if you can only afford a Toyota, you don't go like yell at Jaguar for their product. That's, and that's fine, right? Like you find what you choose to invest your money in, whether that's health and fitness or that's your aesthetics or whatever it is. And some people make those things a priority and some don't. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is okay. But, you know, anytime somebody says, you know, something along those lines and we're not supposed to be for everybody and I don't want to be for everybody and and that's okay. You know, absolutely. people that you are for are just like magical, you know what I mean? Yes. Absolutely magical. I love that. So, okay. Anyways, back to what I was going to say yeah, Sorry, <laughs> on how cute your space is, um, yes. but, but this big leap that you took in this part of your life, the business part of your life, how has that shown up in other areas of your life? Or, or have you noticed like being braver or more courageous or whatever in other areas of your life, yeah. other your business? Sure. I think my biggest shift mindset wise has been from The options are either perfection or failure, yeah, which is insane. But that, I mean, that was my first 35 years of life. Right. Is is that was the expectation I put on myself in all areas. And to then go through this process of starting a business and learning that, you know, we've seen the chart where it's like success and failure are linear, right? You go through failure on your way to success. And it's not always an uphill climb the whole way. There's ups and there's downs and there's good days. And there's days that you want to just freaking burn it down and like go back to work for somebody else. But, but that's part of the process and to understand that it's all a process and it's not, okay, I nailed it every 24 hours I'm awake or it's, 
it's shit. It's, it's that whole thing. And learning that in this field translates to so many other areas, right. In my relationship with my fiance, in my parenting, in my friendships, like, okay, you know, Matt and I get in a disagreement. That doesn't mean the relationship's over. Like that's dumb. Like that's not how it works. Like you just, you move through and you learn and you grow through the process and, and to have that in all areas. Yeah. Just that, that shift in the mindset has been the biggest thing. Well, I think too, like, like you said, you have to go through failure and I don't think failure is a bad thing. So many people have this, like, it has this negative connotation around it. And I'm like, no, like failure. Are you kidding me? Like you, that teaches you. Yeah, absolutely. Like that is, that is your lesson right there. When you can use failure as a lesson, like that is your teacher. It's not, you don't have to stay stuck there. And I think the other big thing, big shift for me, and I remember a specific day that I, that this clicked is me. So I have a nine-year-old son and two years ago, like almost this time of year last or two years ago, telling him he was, he was scared to do something. I don't even remember what it was, but I said, but it's okay to be scared, but that doesn't mean we don't try. And I was like, holy shit, I'm telling him that, but I'm not living that. Like, are you kidding me? And I think that was the time where I was like, okay, I can't parent something. I'm not living. Mm. And you know, to be telling him those things of like, it's okay to be scared and still take action. And then I was like, dang it. I'm like, all right, we're doing this. And I think that was the time that the wheels started turning and the business got, got put into motion. Mm, scared action, but yeah. And that that's okay. Yeah. Mm. You're exactly right. Because, you know, I say, I say something similar all the time. I'm like, listen, you tell your kids to go out and achieve their goals. You tell their kid, your kids that anything is possible. You tell your kids to eat right and be healthy and take care of their bodies. You tell your kids to, you know, work hard and, and you're, you know, rewarded in life. But so many people do not freaking do that for themselves. And then wonder why our children follow in our generational footsteps. Yes. Right. Because they learn from our example. They don't learn from the shit we tell them. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it literally, especially when, when they start to get older, they know, and I say this without a love, you know, with, with, or out of love, but they know when you're full of shit. Absolutely. They do. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, okay. It's just, she's telling me that, but she's not doing it. Yep. They literally watch your every move, even when you think they aren't. Yep. Mm, Which I'm, sounds scary, but it can be so powerful also. So powerful. Right. Like. The first time my son, so my treatment space here used to be two closets. I don't know if you even knew that, but like yes. the way, what it was before was disgusting. Like there was no electricity in here. There was no plumbing, like literally two storage closets. Yeah. And then all the demolition. And the first time my son came in here, he was like sitting in my treatment chair, like looking around and he's like, so you just like thought of this in your brain and then did it. And I was like, hell yeah, bud. And just, to, you know what I mean? For him to like, yeah. Conceptualize that at eight years old and, and get to set that example for him. It, it's awesome. It's so fun. So cool. And isn't that, you know, that's the beautiful thing about life is even if, you know, you're a parent listening to this and you're like, well, crap, you know, I, I've, I've told my kids all of those things. I've said all of those things to my kids and I personally haven't been doing it. Like the beautiful thing about that is you have the power to change that. And they can watch you go through those struggles and that's okay too. I don't hide the struggles from him, right? No. I don't, if, if something's going wrong, I, I tell him about it. I'm like, Hey, you know, we had a tough day today. This is what happened. And I'm okay with, you know, we share those things 
And then he's comfortable sharing his struggles with me and not feeling like I'm looking at this perfect mom and I've got to be a perfect kid. Yeah. Like just to go through that together. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's so good. So, so good. But it does. Yeah. That's just, that's a big, you're a big testament of, you know, what that's like and, and really genuinely like showing your, your child go after your dreams and yeah. do things, you know, you can accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish because at the end of the day, we have that option and do them scared and do them unprepared. Don't wait till you feel ready. No. And that was the big thing for me was, was I kept thinking like, okay, I'm not ready to open the doors. I'm not ready to see patients. Like my wallpaper's not up or whatever excuses I could come up with. Cause I was scared. And my fiance finally said, like, what are you waiting for? You're not going to be ready. Go, just go do it. And I saw this, I heard stats that I think this is a very gendered thing that women want to be hundred percent ready. Or I've heard the stats about like applying for jobs. Women will only apply for jobs if they feel like they meet a hundred percent of the qualification or men will apply for jobs if they meet half of the qualifications. <laughs> and I don't know why we feel like we have to like be perfect yeah. or be ready instead of just get the hell out of your way and go do it. Yeah. It's like, there will never be a perfect time literally ever like for anything how many times i'm like you can literally think of so many things like i'm gonna wait till monday or i'm gonna wait until the new year or i'm gonna wait until football season is over or i'm gonna wait until the kids graduate high school or i'm gonna wait until this or that or i get this bill paid off or i'm gonna wait until i sell my house or i'm gonna like yeah it's not coming it's not because Soon as that thing happens, guess what? You're going to say something else. There's going to be something else. There is, and I'm so sick of, and and I mean that in a loving way, but I really am so sick of seeing women specifically, probably more than men, just literally not go after what they want. And talk about it all the time. Talk about it all the time. Complain about the issues, but not do anything. Just just sit. You look back 10, 20 years from now, and you literally think, what did, what, what, why did I not do the thing that I said I was going to do 20 years ago? Yeah. And, and a powerful thing that I try to keep in my head is the time is going to pass anyway. Right. So I didn't go to nursing school until I was 34 years old. Um, it was a second degree for me. It was a, it was a change from what I did before. And I was like, God, am I too old to go back to college? I don't want to be in school with all these freaking 22 year olds. Like, you know, I got a kid at home. I'm like single mom working, doing all the things, but I, that just kept playing in my head. Like the time is going to pass. I might as well be doing something awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? I might as well be, be making myself better. Yeah. Doing something you love and yeah. want to, you know, I think so many times too, especially women, but more in particular moms, just kind of like for lack of a better term, and I don't know if this is going to come off right, but like almost just exist. You know what I mean? Like yes. they exist, but they're not like truly living. Existing, taking care of everybody. For other people. Yes. Making sure everybody else's needs are met and everybody else is going after their goals. And, but they, they just, they don't do it for themselves. Like it's so freaking hard. Like it's selfish or something to want to like take care of yourself. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't either. But that, you yeah. can't do the opposite, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how are you going to like pour? And I love the analogy of cups. Like you yeah. can't pour from an empty cup, right? Yeah. Like they say on the, an airplane, you know, it's like, you know, your, in yes. the case of an emergency, you put your oxygen mask on first. Yes. 
then you help the others. You know, it's this. If you're passing out, you can't help anybody. Hello. It's, it's the same thing. It is literally the same thing. I love thing. it. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay, girl. So before we close this out, I want to know, and this could get juicy. It's fine. But <laughs> like, you know, there's so many quotes out there, like women support women or babes support babes. That is a big statement that kind of floats around on the internet or on, you know, on social media in particular. Do you find this to actually be true? So I think yes, if you surround yourself with the right people in the medical aesthetic space, the whole stereotype is everyone is super bitchy. Nobody's going to help you. Nobody's going to train you. They're going to steal your patients and talk shit about you behind their, your back. And there are absolutely those people, but there are those people everywhere in the world. Yeah. But I, I a hundred percent believe if you surround yourself with the right people, you find your group of humans. Yeah that it's there. The support is there and the love is there. I think that if you continue to be around people who are not treating you well, they're not going to start treating you well because you work harder to try to get them to like you. Yeah. I think that's a very like high school female mindset of everyone needs to like me. I'm going to work really hard to be super sweet and not abrasive. And, and everyone just like wants to be my best friend. And you shouldn't have to work for somebody's respect. Yeah. Like if you're not getting that support and getting that love, like it's okay to excuse yourself. Like you're at the wrong table, right? Like get up and go find somebody that will support you. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. And I get okay real walk- fired up about that. Yeah. It's okay to walk away from, from tables. And actually I I've seen this image like floating around and it's something along the lines of like, you know, God heard conversations that you didn't hear, you know? Absolutely. And And that's why you're not at that table. And that's fine. It's so true. You know, and that's been a huge shift for me, even, I mean, the last 15 years, just working on myself with a therapist on my own, you know, all of the self-growth that I work, I've put in and continue to work, not that I'm like some finished product, but that being okay with everyone not liking me and I don't have to change who I am to try to get that. Yeah. I think, did, have you ever experienced, I'm sure you did, and I'm sure any anybody is listening to this at some point in their life has probably experienced what I'm about to say, but like, do you feel like there were certain people in your life that's like, you know, believed in you and supported you and wanted to see you win until you actually did start seeing success and then it was like, oh, wait. That six that amount of success makes me uncomfortable, and then all of a sudden, it's almost kind of like they turn your their back on you. Have Absolutely. you experienced any of that? Yeah, and I think that comes from a place of jealousy. I think that's a them problem and not a me problem, and that has taken time and work to understand. And I think that I mean, I think you probably experienced the same on the health and fitness side. Like, if I'm choosing, I've got a really good friend, Angie. That's very involved in fitness and, and health. And she's incredible. And she and I have had conversations about if she takes chicken and vegetables to lunch, people in the break room are like, Oh, you eating healthy? Like what a weird, you know, like pick on somebody that's choosing to do good for themselves. And like, how weird is that? Instead of the people that are supportive, like just because it makes them uncomfortable, they choose to try to like bring you back down to their level, like crabs, crabs in a bucket. Like, you can't get too good. You can, you can be okay. But you, if you make me uncomfortable, like now you're the problem. Well, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is, you know, and part of me really does feel sorry for them. I mean, really genuinely, because I just know 
that they are obviously experiencing something in their life that is making them feel like they can't trapped almost trapped. you know what I mean so it is like you said it's definitely a a them problem and and they're just projecting insecurities out onto people that they love it's it's actually not the fact that they don't love you or they don't like you anymore, but it's so easy to project those insecurities out on the people that are closest to us. And I think, and and it shows up in interesting ways, like a family member or a best friend that's like, I just don't want you to get hurt. I I don't want you to embarrass yourself when this doesn't work out for you instead of like the real friends. And, and I have these couple few people that are like, you are such an inspiration. You make me want to be better because you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. Instead of like, oh, I'm trying to protect you. Like, like don't put yourself too far out there. Yeah. yeah. It's a totally <laughs> different group of humans. Yeah. Let me pull you back a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I could go on and on and on about that because it, it happens really in all areas of life, whether it's, you know, you're, you open a, a business and see success or whether it's a client of mine that has a lot of success in weight loss. It's the same, it's the same thing. Or maybe yeah. you have a really happy marriage or, you know, maybe you get to travel a lot or whatever it may be. There's always certain people that are just not going to support you or have your back. I just want to say to that, like, it's okay. Yes. And that's hard, especially when they're family or they're your best friend since kindergarten. You know what I mean? That's hard. hard. And, and I, I fortunately have not gotten to a place where I feel like I've needed to eliminate any of those humans in my world. Right. Um, but there's people I don't talk about my business with. Yeah. There's people that I don't talk about this world with and okay. it hurts. Like I would love to, but you got to protect, like, I've got to protect my own peace. Yeah. At, at that point. Yep. So how can we as women or as a society do better at actually supporting other women, just like the famous social media quote says? Yes. I think the best way to do that is just the understanding that someone else's success doesn't mean you can't also have success. Oh, so right. True. It's not, it's not that at all. Like we can all be awesome. You know, there's so many like analogies for it, but like rising tide raises all ships. Like if, if you step out of your comfort zone and go be awesome, like you might get to pull somebody along with you. You might get to like watch somebody else be better because you've set the example. And it's scary to be that first person in your family, in your friend group. Yeah. But maybe everybody else is just like waiting. Maybe there's somebody like waiting for you to go be awesome and just needs a little bit of that tug, that forward like motion. Yeah. And too, a lot of times, like, especially if you're in the service industry, that support, like showing your support does not necessarily even mean like buying your services. It can, no, yes. mean, uh, you know, liking your Facebook post or, yes, yes. or literally just giving you a, Hey girl, I see you. You're doing an amazing job. That doesn't mean like go buy my product or go buy my service. Yes. There's Absolutely. so many ways that you genuinely can support other women without it being like, you know, costing you money. Yes. And just be a kind human, right? Like just be a good, just be a good person. Like why is this hard? And I have so, so blessed that I have found a core group of other injectors in the Indianapolis area that I think most people would say are each other's competition. And yeah. we have a little like text group and we like support each other and send pictures like with patient permission, of course, of like, hey, how would you treat this person? Or like, 
maybe there's another girl that's really good at something. And I'm like, yeah, that's not my forte. And we'll like send patients to each other and like like we can all be awesome and it it doesn't have to be like talking shit about each other and like and we like each other's Instagram posts and like wow those are gorgeous lips or you know whatever but just like supporting each other yeah is there is is literally for everybody to win yes yes everybody yeah I love it (laughs) oh I do too and I think understanding that like we can all win differently yeah like Success for your client is different than success for my client. Yes. But we can all still be helping people and like building those communities of, of helpfulness. There's a, one thing that I always like to post is like a, a flower and a Christmas lights look different, but they're still both beautiful. Yeah. And like, what if a Christmas light decided to dim itself to look more like a flower? That's stupid. You know what I mean? Like we, it can all be awesome, but it can still be different. Well, and success, like, does not, like, there is not a magical formula for what success should look like. It's literally different for every person because my definition of success could be totally different than your definition of success. I've got clients that, you know, feel successful once they've lost, you know, 50 pounds, a hundred pounds. I have other clients that couldn't give a rat's ass what they weigh and literally don't care. You know, it's more about, Hey, if I am 10 pounds heavier than what I started, but I've got muscles or if I've got a six pack, that's all I care about. You know? So it's like success is very, very different. Some people it's monetary, like, Hey, you know, I'm, I want to make a million dollars this year and I'm going to feel successful. That's a goal of theirs. Others are like, you know what success is to me being able to spend time with my children and yes. not tied to a nine to five job. That is success to me. Or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so different. Oh, yes. I just feel like so many people are spent, they spend their time comparing their success to other people's success. And it's like, well, wait a minute, you don't have the same goals. No. And then you never reach your goal because you're, you're so distracted by so many other things, like stay in your lane and go to work. Like quit looking around. Yeah. Yes. So good. So good. I love it. Oh my gosh. All right, mama. Well, tell us, tell my audience where we can find you at on social media. And also we mentioned earlier, Sarah's in the Indianapolis area. So tell us a little bit about too, like if somebody wants to come for injections, where, where can they find you? Yeah. So our office is just South of Bottle Works, which is like the cute new little area in Indy. We're at college and North streets, but we do a whole lot of our activity on Instagram. Um, our Instagram handle is the Refinery Med Spa Indy, I-N-D-Y. And I'm there all the time. So shoot me a DM. I'm happy to chat. If anybody's interested in aesthetics or just business thought process, I'm always there. I'm always happy to chat yeah. with people. And she does it all. Skincare, injections. And I'll leave your social media handle too down in the awesome. show. People uh, can find you easily. So perfect. Well, thanks for joining me, Sarah. Yes. Thank Love you so much. This has been so fun. Yes.